Amen. You may be seated. All right. I just want us to go right quick so we can finish up what we started on Sunday. Amen. How many of you are interested in knowing how to get God's provision? Uh, you don't sound like it. How many of you are interested in knowing how to access provision from heaven? Amen. Praise God. Um, th this provision thing is, um, is something that every Christian should know and understand because um, it's a very vital part of our, you know, fulfilling our destiny here on earth. Say amen to that. Um, you really cannot fulfill your destiny without provision. Provision is necessary. And when we talk about provision, it goes beyond money. Say it goes beyond money. Somebody say it goes beyond money. In fact, in the realm of provision, money is the least. Uh, understand that in the kingdom of God, the least thing is money. Say amen. amen. I know you think money is the, if I can only have money, oh, all my problems are solved. No. Money is the least. There is something more important than money. In fact, on Sunday, I'm going to talk to you about money. I, I want to, oh boy, whatever you do, don't miss church on Sunday. Uh, there is a message I preached in a church. I've been saying I want to preach it here. I preached it in a church in Jemiston. How many of you went with me to Jemiston? Yeah. I, I'm going to bring back that message to this house. Um, and it's going to bless you. After Sunday, you will never have money problem again. Yeah. You know, some people pursue money, but money pursues some others. You will join the company that money pursues. Okay, all right, praise God. So we started on Sunday um, on the realms of what? Provision, or different levels or realms of provision. And um, I told you there is a basic uh, level of provision, and we dealt with Matthew chapter 6 and verse 25, where Jesus began to tell them that they should not worry about what to eat, what to put on, uh, for your father knows that you have need of these things. And it said, consider the lilies. They neither toil nor sow. That means that that realm, you don't have to do anything. God guarantees that you will have something to eat and something to put on. Say amen. And, and if you notice, many of you who, look, I have, I have been in that realm where I remember when I was in Bible school, um, when those years um, I had been chased out of the house because I got born again and now at this point I'm staying in church and things were really bad for me. So I got into Bible school and, you know, while in Bible school those years, we used to pray that hunger will not kill us. And so sometimes after service, we used to have this kiosk where they sell like, you know, all the bread, peanuts, coke and, you know, those things. We would go and stand there and believe God that God will speak to somebody to at least bless us so that we can have lunch to eat. So we've been there, and God will always provide. I remember those years in Bible school, somebody would just tell me, just walk into our hostel, Bible school hostel, and drop off provisions. And, and you know, like groceries, and they just drop it off and say, God told me to buy you coffee, tea, whatever, bread, this and that, biscuits. You know, that's a realm where God provides for you. And, and, and look, if you are unemployed, believe God because that's, it is a provision from God. Because somebody think, I will go hungry, I will not have something to eat because I'm not working. No, God will provide for you. If by any chance, you, any chance you lost your job, lost your business, something went wrong, you can stand in faith for daily provision. 
your amen is looking for my trouble. And so we talked about that, and then we went to the second realm of provision, which is um, provision, deliverance provision by taking care of the poor. And I said to you that you need to look after those around you who are less privileged. If God has blessed you in any way, there are people that are less than you, that you can reach out to. Say amen to that. We live in a very self-centered, selfish world where people no longer care for anybody but them. And you cannot live your life like that. Be a helping hand to somebody. A simple phone call means a lot to somebody. A simple let's pray means a lot to somebody. A simple there is 10 rent to do something. Or there is, you know, a dress I used to have. It doesn't size me anymore. You can have it. Means something to somebody. Say amen to that. Reach out to those who don't have. And I think we went through Psalm 41. I don't want to go through all the scriptures where the Bible talks about anyone that is concerned or, connect or, or cares for the poor, that there are certain provisions that the Lord makes available for such person. And you must enter that realm. Say amen, church. You must enter that realm. Because when you care for the poor, God promises that he himself, there are certain things he will deliver you from. And those kind of deliverances, you don't get by a preacher laying hand on you. You get it by taking care of the poor. God is not stupid. You see, many people think they can bypass God's principles by getting an anointed man to lay hand on you. Listen, anointed man is anointed by who? Uh -huh. You can't break his principle and get an anointed man to override that. No. Some, where, where is that? Blessed is the man that considered the poor. The Lord will deliver him when? In time of trouble. God will get him out of trouble. Are you in any trouble? God will get you out. I was telling you the story of one of our friends. I mean, this is true story. Came to our office. They came to visit us during the day. I think about a month ago, my wife and I. And, and you know, we were talking and sharing about life. And she just shared the testimony of how God delivered her from a hundred million rent debt from SARS. And you know, she was telling me the thing she did. She said they built a church. She and her husband decided, they went to, I don't know if it's Limpopo, and built a church, a whole church, gave it to a pastor. This pastor was renting, and they built, bought a land, built a church building, and gave it to the church. And then all the things they did for orphanages. Church, there is nothing you do for the less privileged that does not go unrewarded. Are we together, church? All right. Then we went from there to um, the third realm of provision, which is provision by investment in the house of God. And I told you that there is a place where when you invest in the house of God, God looks after you. He takes care of you. There are things he provides for you because you are always providing for his house. There is provision from God that comes by investing in his house. He was talking to them through prophet Haggai, and he said to them, guys, listen, why is it that you go to work every day, you earn money every day, but when you put it in pocket, the pocket has holes. And you can't seem to know what you are doing with your money. Money comes in, but you have nothing to show for it. Why? Because my house is in ruins. And he said, why don't you go to the mountains? The mountain I told you represents what? The marketplace. And that you go to the mountain and bring wood. Why wood? Because paper money is made from what? From wood. He said, bring wood and then build my house. 
build my house. In fact, at one time, God said to Moses, after he had given the children of Israel gold in the land of Egypt, he gave it to them, took, they stripped Egypt of all their wealth. Went into the wilderness when they got there, Exodus 25 verse 2, God commands Moses, tell the children of Israel that they take me an offering and build me a house, that I may dwell among them. That when you invest in the house of God, there is a provision that God makes available for you in that realm. Somebody say amen to that. Alright, so number four. I want to go into number four. I want to finish this today. Amen. Because of what I want to deal with on Sunday. Sunday is a very critical day for you. If you have been struggling financially, listen, I, there is a realm. Some, look at your neighbor and say there is a realm. And, and you need to get there. There is a realm where you don't pray for money. Oh, church, we, we grew up, oh, Jesus, we grew we were cooked in prayer. I'm a, like from my youth days, we were regu jagaga, gigadu galada. I mean, I pray, I remember as a young boy, I prayed one from 12 to 4 a.m. for one year, nonstop, including Sundays. There was no day I missed. We were cooked in prayer. We prayed even when there was nothing to pray for. Just, just pray. That was what we were taught. We were just praying. Fasting and prayer. Amen, somebody? So, so I know that prayer is powerful. But prayer cannot solve everything. There are some information that if you get, you are better. Anyway, we'll deal with that on Sunday. Say amen. So the fourth realm is provision that comes by sowing to your men of God. Provision that comes to by sowing to your men of God. I know uh, I'm not supposed to be the one to preach this in my in our house. Amen. Uh, I'm supposed to get a guest speaker, but I need to tell you, these things are real. Say amen to that. There are provisions that come by. So remember, I told you that provision is not just money. Say amen. Provision. In fact, let me define provision for you in a proper perspective. I wrote. Two, two definitions down. Provision is in the kingdom of God is God releasing any tool of destiny that you need to complete your assignment. Let me repeat that again. Provision is the release in the kingdom. Provision in the kingdom of God is God releasing any tool that you need to do what? Complete your assignment on the earth. And so provision goes beyond money. Pro money can, provision can be human beings, human resource. Gift, gifted men are provision. Say amen. I remember when I married my wife and she came into House of Treasures. I mean, she came from a, a pretty large ministry. And when she came into House of Treasures, she said to me, baby, how do you pastor this kind of people? She said, every single person I meet is a principality. Everybody is something, somewhere gifted with something. I mean, like, how do you manage all these people? House of Treasures is loaded. Oh, your amen, your amen. So, so you know, that, that, that's a, it's a it's provision. Not many people have it. <laughs> you know, I was in a church, I think it was last week. Was it last week or last week? I went to do, like, it was a minister's, meeting where I went, and then, you know, somebody was singing, Kai, look, yeah, well, 
The, I, I looked at the person. I wouldn't even allow that person to sing in our Sunday school. Not even youth. But let everybody in our choir open their mouth. Fire. Are, are we together? So it's, it's provision. God brought them here. Are we together, church? Alright, so the fourth realm is provision that comes through sowing to your men of God. Second Kings chapter 4 and verse 8 to 17. I'm going to just give us three quick scriptures and then we will get out of this. Okay? Second Kings chapter 4 and verse 8. And the Bible says, And he fell on the day that Elisha passed to Shunem, where was a great woman. What kind of woman? Talk to me. What kind of woman? I said, talk back to me. What kind of woman? A great woman. And she constrained. The word constrained there is she restricted him. She forced him to come in and eat. She forced this man to come into her house and eat. And then the Bible says, and so it was that as often, somebody holler as often. How many times did she give this offering? As often. So it wasn't a once-off offering. She gave to this man often. As often as the man passed by, he turned in to eat bread. Next verse. And she said unto her husband, Behold, now I perceive. May you perceive the right person around you. You know, church, many of us have lost provision because we couldn't perceive the next person sitting to us. I'm telling you know, you can come to a church like this, you have no clue that the person sitting beside you that just looks ordinary is your next destiny helper. Ah, well, let me continue your, your amen tonight. The fasting really got a hold of you today. My God. And, and so the Bible says she perceived that uh, this man was an holy man of God which passed by us continually. She was talking to her husband. That means her husband never even perceived it at all. You know there are men like that. Their, their wife leads in everything. May you not be a man like that. A woman is supposed to be led in a marriage. Hey, are you here? Don't be a passive husband. Everything that is done in your home is decided by your wife. We, we, you need help. You need quick surgery. The Bible said that a man is the head of what? The wife. You are supposed to lead. I am the head. As this ministry is now, God has placed me at the office of the head. The senior pastor or general overseer as you call it. Are we together, church? You cannot have somebody else sitting in the congregation that always makes decisions in this church. And that's how many people run their home. Look at this man. He, the, the, he has no clue. I mean, a man comes into your... You don't even know whether he's chasing your wife. This man comes in. Your wife will just invite a man. He just comes to your dining table and he's dealing with fork and knife, dealing with chicken, sausage, and all these baked beans. And then after he finishes eating, he goes. No, he said nothing. The wife, after all, how many times? The Bible says often. So many times. The wife still has to encourage him that I perceive you. <laughs> May you not be a, a passive husband. 
I, every husband here, lift up your hand. I need to pray that prayer. It's a serious prayer. In the name of Yeshua, Hamashiach, you will never be a passive husband. May you be an active husband and a leader in your home. Say amen to that. All right, let's keep going. That, uh, that was for somebody, but yeah, let's keep going. So let us make him a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall. And let us set for him a bed, a table, a stool, a candlestick. And it shall be that when he cometh to us, that he shall turn in feeder. Anytime this man passes by Shunem, let him come into our house and find a place to sleep instead of looking for hotels. Let him stay in our house. And he said, let us make it at the top of the... He said, that means they built him a penthouse. It's at the, the top of their house. Are we together? That woman was clever. You know, she didn't put Elijah at the, Elisha at the basement, which is what many of us would do. She put him where? At the top. She perceived he's a man of God. Let him stay at the top. If Satan attacked from the top, let him meet him first before he meet us downstairs. Some of you are not clever. You put man of God downstairs, you stay upstairs. Satan comes, strike you first. Before the man of God climb upstairs, you are dead. Okay, you, you, you are laughing. <laughs> and he fell on a day, verse 11, that he came in theater and he turned into the chamber and laid there. Nazareth. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, call the Shunammite. When he had called her, she stood before him. Next verse. And he said unto him, Say now unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful. You have, you has, you have taken care of us. The way the care is so full that I can't not, my anointing cannot live here without doing something. You have been so careful with, uh, for us with all this care. What is to be done for thee? Wouldest thou that I speak to the king? So I, I, the men of God knew the president. He was well connected. And, and or to the captain of the host. And she answered, I dwell among my own people. That means she was such an influential man that she knew everybody. She was doing business with the president, doing business with ministers, people in the parliament. She didn't know one need any introduction. Next verse. And he said, what then can be done for her? And Gehazi, the servant, answered that there is no child in this house. Since we came in, we, we keep coming in here and we don't see children. And the Bible also tells you that the husband was what? Was old. Next verse. And he called. He called and he said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the door. Next verse. And he said, about this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, nay, my Lord, thou men of God, do not lie unto your handmaiden. What does that mean? I don't have faith for a child. Don't deceive me. I don't, I've, I've, I have prayed and that prayer, I have buried it. There is no more answer. As far as I'm concerned, barrenness lives in this house. Little did she know that her offering to the men of God came to break barrenness. That's what broke the barrenness in her life. 
now, church, you may say she was barren of a child and you have a child, but there's barrenness in your finances. There's barrenness in your business. There's barrenness in your life. One kind of barrenness or the other. It can be broken by your seed to a man. Are we together, church? Many people ignore this part. A lot of people I know would like to give to an organization which is like House of Treasures, but never so to the men that gave birth to the organization. You know, the Bible said that every house was built by some men. Hey, where is that? Give me Hebrews. Hebrews 4. Let's, let's, can we derail a little bit? Give me Hebrews. I think it's in 4, verse 1. Give me verse 1 of Hebrews 4. Let me see. Just help me. Said every, just say, let us therefore fear less. Keep going. Keep going. For unto us was the, keep going, keep going. Keep going. Mm -mm. Try Hebrews 3. Let me look for this. I mean, that just came into my spirit. I, I need to show you this. I, I, you know, there you go. There you go. Flip backwards. Flip backwards. Just keep going backwards. Backwards. Uh, let me see. Okay, go one more back. Let's see. Okay, let's start from verse 1. I think it's Hebrews 3 I was looking for. He said, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and the high priest of our what? Of our profession, Christ Jesus. He said, consider him. Look at your neighbor say, consider Jesus. Okay, the Bible says, Who was faithful to him that appointed him as also Moses was faithful in all his house. Moses was faithful where? In all his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses. So he tells you that in the, in, from the Old Testament, the man that is a, du a duplicate of Jesus is Moses. Say amen to that. But that Jesus is counted more worthy than who? Than Moses. So we who have now Jesus as our high priest, he's counted more worthy than Moses that delivered the children of Israel from Egypt. Are we together so far? Okay, so, and he says, inasmuch as he who had builded the house has more honor than the house. The person, you know, people honor the house more than the men that built it. Our generation has a problem. He said the one that built the house has more honor than the house. I remember there was a story, I think it was Pastor Chris uh, from Christ Embassy was telling. A certain person brought an offering and, um, you know, they, uh, God did something for them in the church. God, God gave them a breakthrough. So they came to the men of God that prayed for them for the breakthrough. And they said, men of God, we would like to sow, but we want to buy drums for the church. Was it in Christ's embassy? You're not aware. So I heard the story. So he says, I would like to buy drums for the church. Now, church, the men of God prayed for them for the breakthrough to come. But when it comes to giving reward, they want to reward the church. Did drums pay for you? Hello, church. No, you went to drums. You could have gone to that drums. 
and come with me, and then you go and get your breakthrough. Are we together, church? It says that, understand that for this man was counted more worthy of more glory than Moses, in as much as he who had builded the house has more honor than the house. Please, these things I'm teaching you are principles. They are, we have tapped into this realm and that's why certain provisions keep coming to us because this is how we assess some of these things. Look at the next verse. The next verse says, for every house is what? Are you reading? Every house is builded by some men. It's builded by some men, not angels. It's builded by some men. So here, this is the kind of provision that comes by sowing to an anointed vessel. Somebody that is set over you or a man of God that you probably know that is a holy man of God that you can sow into. Say amen to that. It is so important that you understand that this honor comes as you sow it, there is a reward that comes for it. Now, um, maybe let me, let me try another, another scripture. Give me John chapter 12 and verse 1. John chapter 12 and verse 1. John 12 and verse 1. Amen. All right. This is now New Testament. This is Jesus, okay? Jesus six days before the Passover came into Bethany, where Lazarus was, was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. Next verse. Next verse. They that made him uh, dead, they made him supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Next verse. How many of you, know, who raised Lazarus from the dead? Come on now. Who raised Lazarus from the dead? Okay, so please just keep that in mind. Okay, will you remember this statement? Okay, all right. So then Mary took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped the feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Now Jesus eventually later on in this test explain to us the reason for this offering. Say amen to that. Alright. Then saith one of his disciples, what's his name? What's his name? Judas. Look at your neighbor say, I hope you are not a Judas. Mm -hmm. Simon's son, which should betray Jesus. Let's rest. Why was this ointment not sold? For 300 pence. He has already put the calculation together. Oh, Jesus. Man, Judas was clever. He already knew the value of the offering. Your offering inside envelope, he saw the thickness. He knew by his own calculation that this offering, it can't be less than a thousand red. He calculated how much was this offering. And then the Bible says it should have been sold for 300 pence and given to the poor. Next verse. Then this he said, not that he cared for the church or the poor, but what? Because he himself was what? And he had, he was in charge of keeping the money. So when he was saying so to the organization and not Jesus, he was looking for where to steal some more. 
Okay. I'm not dealing with Judas tonight. He said, then said he, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bear what was put therein. So every money that came into the account, Judas was in charge of the account. And he was stealing. So he preferred that that thing was, that offering was not given to Jesus. Then said Jesus. Then said who? Come on now, talk to me. Then said who? Let her alone. Let her give me this offering personally. Why? Because this she has done was done against the day of my burying. Against the day of my burying had she kept this. This offering was significant for a certain day coming in my life. For the poor, always you have with you. But me, you will not have always. Are we together, church? This is what happens in church. Do you know many men of God are not taken care of by their congregation? That's the truth. I'm telling you. And you see, I told you that every man of God is a gift to you. A genuine man of God. I'm talking about genuine. Not all this craziness going on out there. A genuine man of God is a gift. When the Bible says Jesus led captivity captive, he gave gifts unto men. Some he gave what? Apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, evangelists, uh, evangelists, uh, pastors, and teachers. So that they can perfect the saints. They can bring them to the unity of faith and equip them for the work of ministry. Are we together, church? So this is the reason why he gave gifts. So an apostle Felix standing in front of you is not just a man standing in front of you. I am a gift God gave to you. What do you do to a gift when they give it? You receive it and take care of it. Boy, none of you will love to buy somebody a Mercedes car. Nice Mercedes, C-class, white interior. And then you buy this car for a sister in church. The next Sunday she comes, you bought it brand new. And when you saw the car, she has put black paint on the white leather seat. What will you feel like doing? Talk to me now. Oh, this one say clap her. No, not clap. You feel like taking back the gift. Are we together? You feel like, that's why you find out that many people are not enjoying the grace and the anointing on their men of God. It's a provision that comes with it. It comes with taking care of the vessel that God gives you. In this woman's case, it was barrenness. And the barrenness was sorted. Now, a time came when the child died. <laughs> the child died. Oh boy, that man again. Oh, I don't want that kind of husband. God forbid that you marry a man like that. This guy's child died. They came to tell him, your son has died. He said, take him to the mother. Hey! What kind of man is this? What did he say? You th who thinks I'm lying? Go back to my scripture. Second kid. He said, go, go, just keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Keep going. Who is on the screen? Help me. He fell on a day that, no, keep going, just keep, we have passed all these ones, just keep going. Go to 
let me go to my Bible and show you where to go to. After, I think it's after, we read up to verse 12 or 13. 16, right? Okay, just go to verse 16, whoever is on the screen. Help us quickly. All right. No, no, keep going. Keep going. Next verse. The woman conceived, bare the child according to the word of the man of God. Say amen to that. Now, church, what led to the bearing of this child? The offering that what? That she released to who? To the man of God. All right. Next, keep going. Next verse. When the child was grown, he fell on the day that the, he went out to his father, to the reapers. So this child, his father is a businessman, decides to go with his father or go to his father's business, where his father is. Next verse. He said unto the father, my head, my head. So maybe headache or migraine started. Okay? And he said, lad, he said to the lad, carry him to who? He said to the servant, take me now. I am a passive husband. Take him to the mother. What kind of man is this? If you are a man like this, I will beat you up. Take him to the mother. And when he had taken him, he brought to the mother. She sat on her knees till noon and then the child died. Next verse. She's mad. Aya. She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God. Are we together, church? What did she do to the boy? She laid him on the bed she gave as an offering to the man of God. And shut the door upon him and went out. Next verse. She called unto her husband and said, Send me, I pray thee, one of the young men with one of the asses. Send me a Rolls Royce or a Bentley. I need to run somewhere very quickly that I may run to the man of God and come again. Next verse. And he said, Wherefore would thou go to him today? It's neither new moon nor Sabbath. It's not service day. Why are you going to the man of God? And she said, It shall be... This man, you know, hey, Jesus, oh God. If this man made it to heaven, I will fight him when I get there. Next verse. She saddled her ass and said unto the servant, Drive and go forward. Slack not or don't drive slow, except I bid you. She went, came unto the man of God to the Mount Camel. And it came to pass that when the man of God saw her afar off, he said unto Gehazi, to his, his servant Gehazi, Behold, yonder is the Shunammite. Next verse. Run now, I pray thee, to meet her and say unto her, is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with thy child? She answered, what? Those of you who are town criers, you know how to say nothing is working. Look at a woman that has a dead child. I wonder if they ask that question. Somebody has a dead child in this house. God forbid you won't have a dead child. But they ask you, it's all well. Hey! If you are a Nigerian woman, oh Jesus. Hey! Man of God is over. I am finished. Hey! My village people have visited. <laughs> when she came to the man of God, to the hill, she caught him by the feet. But Gehazi wanted to obviously come and take her away. And the man of God said, let her alone, leave her. Protocol. <laughs> you know, there are there are some protocol they are, they are not born again. <laughs> you know, 
I was working with a man of God inside church, in another church. And this guy was standing right in front of us, coming in. So the protocol pushed him so bad. So bad. And you know what amazed me? The man of God kept walking. I couldn't stand it. I stopped. I went to the guy and apologized. You never treat people like that. I've taught my protocol. As much as you are trying to prevent people from me, uh -uh. you push someone like that, me and you will fight. People are important. Don't make somebody feel so less that they feel like they are nothing. I went back to, before God, I lie not. I went back to that guy and apologized to him. I said, sorry for what happened earlier. But the man of God that is the pastor of the church, this is, oh, the guy kept walking, walked into, forgot that his guest is behind. Those are Gehazis. All my protocol, may you not be a Gehazi in Jesus' name. Say amen, somebody. So, he said, but Gehazi wanted to trust her away. The man of God said, let her alone for her soul is vexed within her. And the Lord has hid this from me and had not told me. Next verse. And she said, did I desire a son, my Lord? Did I not say, do not deceive me? Next verse. And he said to Gehazi, get up thy loins. Take my staff. Oh, there is another Gehazi. Gehazi took the mantle. Say, take my staff. Go thy way. If thou meet any man, don't salute them. If any man salutes you, don't answer them. Go and lay my staff on the face of the child. Next verse. The mother of the child said, As the Lord liveth, and as I so liveth, I will not leave you. You can send Gehazi, but me now, I will stay with you, man of God. Me, I've given you offering. You enjoyed my offering. I will hold on to your leg. Let me tell you, if she didn't give that offering, she won't have boldness to do this. Some of you come for counseling. You waste, not okay, let me not say you waste. You sit down with me one hour. And, and you just finish. And you just stand up and say, man of God, sharp. What, what is, who gave birth to you? Are we together, church? No. Church, it is not right. As much as we don't ask for money, like, I mean, I'm not the guy that used to pay, you pay seven, five. My wife's father paid 16,000 to give his life to Christ, to a man of God. My, she's here. I'm not telling stories. He paid 16,000 to get salvation. My wife said, thank God at least he got it. So we are not worried about the money because we have tried preaching to him until he met a skeleton who needed money to lead him to Christ. <laughs> I'm telling you, you know, we are happy he got saved before he passed on. You know, the mother of the child said, As the Lord liveth and as I so liveth, I will not leave thee. And he arose and followed her. Next verse. Gehazi passed on, went before them, laid the staff on the child, but there was no voice, no hearing. Wherefore he went again and met him and told him the child did not wake up. Now, church, if you read later on in this, the book of Second Kings, around chapter 5, let me tell you why this staff did not work in Gehazi's hands. Elijah, a certain soldier, military man, the uh, head of Syrian army, was leprous. Wrote a letter to the, went to meet the king of Syria, in, uh, Syria, write a letter to the king of Egypt, I heard there is a man of God. 
let him heal me. Long story short, the news got to Elijah. And Elijah said, Elisha said, come. The guy came. When he came, before he got to Elijah, Elijah sent Gehazi, he said, go tell him to go to uh, Jordan River and wash. How many times? Seven times. The man said, who does he think he is? Is there no river? Alpha? Is there not this one, that one? Why must he send me to Jordan? Dirty water. But anyhow, a helper, a maid that he had, told him, if this man asked you to do something hard, won't you do it? Just go and obey. He went, washed seven times, and came out clean. Fast forward. He came back to the men of God to give offering. Church, that was the way of the scriptures. When God has done something to you, to come and thank the person that prayed for you, stood in faith with you. We don't do that anymore. He came back to give offering, but the Lord, I'm sure, has spoken to the man of God, don't receive this offering. Don't take it. And the man left. Gehazi, when he saw the size of the envelope, ah! Gehazi ran after the man. He left the house. He sneaked out. And left the house. Ran after this soldier, military man. And said, you know, my master changed his mind. Just give me the offering. Then the man said, how much does he want? Gehazi gave a price. The man even said, ah, it's a bit too much. They started negotiating offering that the man of God is not aware of. And Gehazi collected it as he came back to the house. Elisha said, Gehazi, where are you coming from? He said, no, I just went to the backyard. You know what he said to him? Did not my spirit go with you? He said, behold, the leprosy that was on Naaman comes on you now. That's how Gehazi would have taken. Elisha took double portion of who? Elijah. So Gehazi would have taken four times the portion that Elijah had. Because his spiritual father had double. He could have taken quadruple. Just because he didn't know how to handle offering that should go to the men of God. Please, these things are important. It, there is a provision that goes with that. The Bible says, He that gives the cup of water to a prophet will in no wise lose their reward. There is a prophetic reward that goes for somebody that sows to his men of God. You can give to your men. I don't care how small it is. Men, people, you know, learn, learn to, honestly speaking, learn to honor graces that are brought around you. I've seen this change people's life. It has changed my life. It has changed my life. Those years, I will litter seed everywhere with my men of. I'm in my spiritual, all these spiritual big fathers that come from Nigeria that I know who are seriously anointed. They came to preach for somebody else. When I'm going, I will take $2,000. I remember my spiritual father came to visit South Africa um, years ago and I took $5,000. To go and say, Dad, welcome to South Africa. At his, I just got there, knelt down at his feet and dropped it. And he didn't come to House of Treasures to preach. He came to preach for somebody else. But you can't, church, these are things that, and the moment, and then the man just looked at me. He said, I unlocked the heavens. And, and you just wonder why things are flowing in House of Treasures. Are we together, church? Listen, church, these things are, they they necessary 
please take these principles and start. Listen, you don't have to give a million rand. Whatever small, you know, 10 rand, if it matters to you, it matters to God. It's not in the amount. No. It's in the value that that thing takes from you. That you be a blessing to your men of God. It's a realm that unlocks a certain dimension of provision for you. You sow. Every opportunity you have, you sow. You wonder why men of God come here and they sow seed to me. Guest speakers. Guest speakers. Ap Should I say this, Lord? Look, Apostle Grace came here to preach as a guest speaker. Beloved, Apostle Grace was leaving. He gave me $10,000. He said, I want to sow into your life. Now, church, if a man like Apostle Grace we sow, you are sitting here. You have not sold one ram. How about? I mean, all these men of God that have come here, they put seed in my hands. I remember one time, um, people gave Apostle Joshua money. About, it was about 300, almost 300,000 put together that they gave him. <laughs> so, I went to give him the money. He just looked at me. He said, I said, man of God, there is a there is a seed that people gathered besides our church offering, the one we gave as honorarium. So I went and I, I said, man of God, there is seed that is given to you. <laughs> so I, as I, I presented it, he just pushed my hand. He said, let's leave this one aside first. Ah, we kept talking. We finished. I said, man of God, that offering. He said, no, 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 no. That's a seed for you. Wow. You see, People, you, when you see people who are ascending, there is something they are doing you are not doing. Please, I bet, you know, you can talk against people. Don't talk against anybody you don't know what they do in the secret place. They have muti. What muti? Go and get one now. How about? I mean, some pastors say that I have a tree that gives me money here. Go plant one in your church. If I plant ten trees, I will come and collect some. Are we together, church? No, it's in principle. Somebody say principles. Are you getting anything out of this? All right. Let me do the last one and we'll close. The last realm that I want to deal with is provision by the prophetic. Provision by what? By the prophetic. Now, listen. I want to just end with this. I know that the word prophet... If you look at today, when you say you are a prophet, it's just because that office has been misused, abused, and bastardized. And, and, and let me also say to you, please, you know, because all what we do here, you come here to church to be discipled. Don't run into titles. The, the rate at which Every Tom, Dick, and Harry is a prophet and apostle on social media. I'm asking myself, where are evangelists? You see, church, evangelists has to go and win souls. Because people are not looking for title, they're looking for this. Microphone. This, this is what they are pursuing. Nobody is I've never opened social media. I say evangelist Sibongile. No, it's prophetess. My, what are you? Oh, God. And if I talk now, they get angry. 
this apostle is always talking about. No, I'm not talking against you. Where are the evangelists? Where are the teachers? Where are the pastors? No, apostle, prophet. We just carry title, we don't even know the meaning. Many of the people that say, I saw somebody today, I don't know how I got to Facebook. This guy is one of the people that came and said I should mentor him. I mean, he does not know his left from his right. The day he came to my office, he couldn't quote one scripture. Today, I saw on Facebook, he has changed from pastor to apostle. Like, I'm like, no, something is, something is seriously wrong with our generation. And I don't want you to be a part of it. If you are in this church, please don't be a part of that. I went to ordain a certain minister of the gospel, him and his wife, and I ordained them as pastors um, to serve and they have their own church. And he called me, he said, Dad, my wife, me and my wife are fighting heavily in the night. I said, why? He said, my wife said, you ordain her a pastor, that he's supposed to ordain you pastor and me prophetess. Me! <laughs> you see, I'm... Some of these people I say, these things, they are listening. Bro, what is wrong with you? Prophetess for what? Go and win souls first. Win souls. Man, if you can win a thousand souls in one month, we will ordain you senior prophetess, general prophetess. <coughs> oh, Jesus. Hapa, you don't need all that time to do the work. Jesus didn't say, I am apostle Jesus. It was just Jesus. His statement is, I have come to do the work of him that sent me. And my meat is to finish his work. But today, I have come to collect a title. That's the generation we are living in. Please don't be like that. Let them call you John, but let your ministry be blossoming. Let it be blossoming. church, we need to be mentored properly in this generation. This is a generation, I mean, you see it, I, I remember the story that Bishop Dudor Bismarck said, I don't know why I'm even getting into it. Bishop Dudor Bismarck said, he said he went to America to preach, and you know, big church, nice church, this is one of these old orthodox crossing into Pentecostal kind of churches. And then, he said, the, the, the man of God called him and said, listen, we are ordaining some apostles. <laughs> Bishop said, so when I got inside the church, I saw this line of children. He said they were in their 19, 20, 21 years. That they lined up front seat and second seat. That they want to ordain apostles. Bishop said, I changed my message. And he preached on all the agonies that Apostle Paul went through. He said, after that, everybody was afraid to be ordained. <laughs> because they didn't know what they were getting into. Paul said, my head was in the mouth of the lion. Listen, it's in scripture. So you know this is when we say it, you think we are talking science fiction. You, can you imagine your head, a lion's mouth is open, your head is inside. All that the lion needs to do is close his mouth, you are gone. Paul, apostle, where was his head? Inside the mouth. One day he opened his mouth, he said, you know, I beheld in the realm of the spirit a man who went to that realm and collected some information that even his mouth cannot speak. 
He said this man was operating in dimensions. He said, but all of a sudden, a messenger of Satan was sent to him because of that them. Church, there are titles you collect. The problem you have today is the title you decided to take. There is no problem with you. If you didn't collect that title, Satan will leave you alone. A messenger was released. And now, he prophet Paul. He now, eventually, he now confessed that he was the one. Prophetted him, and then he besought the Lord. How many times? Three times that this, he, this messenger of Satan should go. And then God said, hey, because you are an apostle, my grace is what? Sufficient. Now, church, that is a true apostle, the one God ordained as a messenger of Satan. You, God, didn't ordain you. Satan won't send messenger. <laughs> when he show up, eh? <laughs> I'm telling you, church. Oh, provision by the prophetic. Your, this is very simple. I think this is where we'll end. We'll just pray and I'll declare words over you. Say amen to that. Hosea chapter 12, verse 3. The Bible says that by a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt and by a prophet was he preserved. God brings provision to his people through prophets. Say amen. Now, I said all that. I know that, like I said, the prophetic has been bastardized and has been messed up. Today, you are even ashamed to say you are a prophet or you operate in the prophetic. Once you say that, people run away from you. But let me tell you, church, the prophetic is still needed today. We still need genuine prophets. I mean authentic, genuine prophets. Not the ones that are playing games, doing what Ntlamolo them did, walking in the air and, you know, all those funny things. No, we need genuine, authentic prophets. Men who know God and know the word of God. Because this thing is knowing God. There are certain things, listen to me, at the level God has brought me, the relationship I've built with God over the years. Now I'm 52. For me to be organizing wheelchair for somebody to sit and they will rise up and I will pay them. That's madness. Are we together? It is because people have not been properly mentored. You know when people get into ministry so young, man, they make a lot of mistakes. A lot. I know that, you know, church, you better go through process. Process will stabilize you. There are some things you, when you, you know when you are a child, you behave like a child. He said, when I was a child, I acted as a child, I spoke as a child. But when I became a man, what did Paul say? I put away childishness. I put it away. Maturity. Look at Joseph. Joseph just received a vision. That's how children behave in ministry. When they receive a vision, oh, angel appeared to me. When you hear many prophets, oh, the angel appeared to me. This one took me. I, I skyrocketed. I vanished. I, man, leave those things. Stick to the word of God. Listen to me. Vanishing will not help you. You don't vanish every day. Say amen, somebody. Church, listen, let me talk to you. You better rely on the word of God. The prophetic is good, yes. But don't let, because not everybody will have experience of prophets. No, it's not true. Not everybody. So when somebody comes and tells you all their encounters and not teach you the word of God, you even feel less than a Christian. You feel like 
why is Jesus not showing up? I mean, there are some prophets that I remember a man of God, a prophet, stood on the altar and said, Jesus came this morning. He was preaching in service, Jesus. I, I say, Una manga, Una manga. Hey! He said, Jesus came in. Watch this. I'm telling you a true story. I watched. He said, Jesus came into his room and got to his bed and picked him up and shook him in the air and dropped him. Hey! I said, Jesus. Jesus will leave the throne of grace. Son, Jesus will leave the throne to come and pick up a man of God from the bed and then shake him and bring him down. Kai, what level of lie is this? I watch this. I say, I pray for everyone in this church. May God open your eyes. May God open your eyes. Such level of, no. There is, there is room... That's why you come here to be mentored and discipled. So that you don't fall victim of these strange things. No. The prophetic is real. Yes, it's real. But a prophet is one that receives the word of God and passes it to you. He downloads what heaven's agenda is for the moment and brings it to you. When you watch men like the men like Kenneth Hagin, who was a prophet, men. Kenneth Hagin was so prophetic. But man, that man will teach you the word of God. Oh my God. You know those years when I became a Christian? He was one of the people I watched day and night. Kenneth Hagin. I listened to that man in my sleep. And when I'm awake, when I'm living, when I'm eating. Kenneth Hagin. Boy, that man will start preaching and quote the whole book of Acts. Hey, I say, God, I want to be like this. Ay, 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 ay. In fact, when you listen to such men, you don't even want to call yourself a man of God. Because when you see the standard, this man, one day he was preaching, he started quoting Ephesians. Boy, did this man empty the whole Ephesians on the church without reading the Bible. The man was a walking word of God. Those are prophets. So when they speak, they don't speak in error. Because some of the things you see, let me tell you why seeing is dangerous. Let me talk to my daughters who see a lot. You know why it's dangerous? Because the realm of the spirit is like the earth. It's an open realm. And information in the realm of the spirit are given by both spirits that are not of God and the spirit of God. Hello, church. So you can, you can go to the realm of the spirit and pick up an information. For instance, there was a certain guy that was fasting for so long and he came back finished during his fast a certain spirit appeared to him and told him that a certain lady in the church is his wife and the lady is married. How many of you know that's not the spirit of God? It's not the spirit of God. If a spirit comes to you and say, leave your wife, you come to me and say, you know, the Lord visited me yesterday. He says, Sibongile is no longer my wife. I know you are not visited by God because God will never go against his word. Where is your amen? Are you here tonight? We are maturing the believers tonight. It's not God that spoke to you. It's good to see you. I don't despise your seeing. But make sure that what you see is in line with scriptures. Is in line with scriptures. Jesus will not leave the throne of grace and come and pick you up on the bed. No, he has to... Man, oh, 7.2 billion people on the earth that Jesus has to oversee. 
and then he will leave his throne and come to you and pick you up. You are not serious. Are we together, church? So there is a provision that there is provision that comes from the prophet. That means that God genuinely can give a prophetic word to his servant, whether he's a prophet or not. In fact, you should be a prophet on yourself. You are the greatest prophet of your life. There's a provision that comes from the prophetic. When a man of God declares the word of the Lord over you and things happen, declares things over you. We have so many of them in the Bible. I don't know where to start. Second Kings chapter 4, verse 1 to 7. You all know the story of a woman. Please put it for us. Second Kings chapter 4, verse 1 to 7. Let me just rush these scriptures and we'll close so that I don't have to deal with this anymore. There cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophet unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. Thou knowest that my serv thy servant did fear the Lord, and creditors have come to take my two sons as servants. So this man of God died and left dead. And now they've come to take his children. And this guy was a God-fearing man. Now, that shows you that because you fear God does not mean you will be rich unless you obey the principle of that brings finances. Hello, church. The two different, the fear of the Lord will give you wisdom. But that does not mean you will be rich unless you apply the wisdom God has given to you. Say amen, somebody. Next verse. The Bible said, Elisha said unto her, what do you have in your, tell me, what can I do for you? Tell, what do you have in your house? And she said, your, your handmaid had not anything. Then eventually remember, save a pot of oil. Next verse. The man of God said, go borrow vessels. This is a prophetic word that was given. Go borrow vessels from your neighbors. Empty vessels. Don't borrow how many? Not a few. Borrow plenty. Prophetic word. And she obeyed this. If you read down, she locked the door as the man of God said, borrowed vessels and started pouring the little oil. And all the vessels she borrowed were all filled until the last vessel. And then when she came to the man of God, the man of God said, listen, sell the oil, pay your debt, and live off of the rest. That's supernatural provision. By the prophetic word. And tonight, I'm going to declare that over you. Oh, Jesus, your amen. Your amen is hungry. I'm going to declare that over you. That there is a place where God can use a prophetic word to change your story. To change your story. Are we together, church? Let me read one in the, Old, in the New Testament. Luke chapter 5 verse 1. Our, our greatest prophet. What's his name? What's his name? Jesus. Luke, 1, Luke 5 verse 1. You all know the story. The Bible says it came to pass that people were pressing on Jesus to hear the word. He stood by the lake. Genesaret, keep going. You know I read very fast. And saw two sheep standing by the lake, but fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. Keep going. He entered into one of the sheep and was Simon. Prayed him that he would trust out a little into the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of Peter's sheep. Keep going. Now when he had left speaking, he said to Peter, do what? Launch out into the deep. That's a prophetic word. And you all know that Peter obeyed. In fact, Peter first argued because he had toyed how, how long? All night. He debated, argued with Jesus, but at the end, he said, nevertheless, at thy word, at the prophetic word, I will obey. And he did. 
The Bible says he enclosed a great multitude of fish so that their net did break and the ship began to sink. And that's how Peter became so wealthy just from one prophetic encounter with the word. Say amen, somebody. So, so God can release provision to you through prophetic word. I've encountered it many, many people in this church have encountered it. I, I, I was telling you the story of a young man who doesn't belong to our church, goes to a church in four ways. And I mean, the lounge suite, those of you who have come into my office, the lounge suite, the money that he gave was what we used to buy the lounge suite in my office. This young man attends another church. Business, he said, for close to two, three years, there was no income in his business. It had gotten to the point where his wife wanted to leave him. Things were so bad. And then that day, he had a dream. And he saw me in the dream, and I was, I laid, I was laying hands on him. He woke up in the morning, took off with his wife. They came here. He didn't even make appointment. Told my lady, I want to see the man of God. My lady brought, I said, bring him. I wanted to reject him though, but I said, anyway, just bring him. Let me hear his promise. He came and said, man of God, my wife is almost leaving me. Things are bad. And I laid hands on him. Beloved, in 30 days, he came back and said, man of God, a customer came from whether Malawi or Zambia, came into my business, took everything I had. And he made a profit of one point something million and handed me over a hundred thousand. Just like that, in 30 days, so shall your own come. Oh, where is my son that works for Standard Bank? I don't know if he's in church. That works for Standard Bank that came into my office, has not had a job for I don't know how long, for so long. In fact, at the time they came, his marriage was on the rocks. He was not even living in, is he in church? Oh, there is he came into my office, things were bad. I mean, they are, he's here, I'm not telling you stories. Their marriage was almost over. Things were really bad for them. And then, knelt down, I said, in the name of Jesus, in 30 days, Abu Shataya. And on the 28th day, the job he has, if they, oh man, the guy is blessed. 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 When he pays me a visit, I'm also blessed. Hmm. Glory to God. You know, there are some sons you want to visit you. Amen, somebody. Oh, Jesus. These things are real. The prophetic is real. Don't despise the prophetic. Are we together, church? Don't despise the prophetic. You can, I speak a word over you. Don't take it lightly. Are we together? Because, you see, you have to believe in the prophet. You have to believe his word. When I tell you your life will change, something will happen, don't, don't ignore it. I still remember there was a young man that came, uh, you know, from our church. I think he came from Catleon. And um, he came, it was a Sunday service. I mean, the guy has been, he said he's, been, he's not had a job for two years. And I remember, I still remember Pastor Tunji was protocol then. So he was standing by the door. So... By the way, he called me today. He said, Daddy, I'm sending you some dollars. Ah, yeah. I say, good son. God bless you. Come on now. Amen. From the U.S. So anyway, he, he, so the young man came in and he said, uh, you know, I haven't had a job. So he, I said, kneel down. I said, in the name of Jesus, in seven days. You know, sometimes I say these things. I don't even know why I said it. It's God that just allows me that space. Seven days. Seven days for somebody who hasn't had a job for three years is a short time. So when I finished prayer, I prayed very short prayer. 
Then I said in Jesus' name, he looked up. He was still kneeling down. I think he was expecting me to lay everything, lay hands, lay stomach, lay my legs. <laughs> Love it. The guy came up. The next Sunday, he ran back to my office. Pastor Tunji brought him back. He said, sir, on Thursday, this Sunday I pray for him, Thursday, a company he has applied for job, forgotten, called him and said, no interview, come and start work. And he began work on Friday. He said to me, I am already working. I said, what? How? He started the job by the prophet. Tonight, every word that comes out from my mouth will come to pass in your life. Man, there is a place for the prophetic. I'm telling you, please don't ignore these things. People have been stranded because they don't believe what their prophet says to them. There is a possibility that your life can change in 24 hours. Was it not Elijah that opened his mouth and said, By this time tomorrow, a barrel of meal shall be sold for a shekel. And two, uh, 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 and two meals of flour will be sold for a shekel. And somebody said, ah, the Lord on whose hand the king lives said, even if God opens the windows of heaven, how shall this be? Elijah said, okay, because you doubted the prophetic, you will see it, but you will not partake of it. Beloved, there is a place for the prophetic where you can declare word and something turns around in people's life. Therefore, in the name of Jesus, I have come here with a mantle of the prophetic tonight. That in the name of Jesus Christ, I am declaring for somebody here who is trusting God for a turnaround. That in the next 30 days, you shall experience your turnaround. Before the end of August, your life will be so turned around. In the name of Jesus Christ. I remove you from every stagnation. I uproot stagnation out of your life. And I command you now, go forward. Go forward. Go forward. Go forward. In the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody shout amen. There is a place for the prophetic. Show that your life can so turn around. That you just be a, I'm telling you, you can be a witness of these things I'm preaching. If only you can believe the word of God. That God can bring such provision that you never expected just by the words of his servant. I still remember the scripture that says that confirm it, the word of his servant and perform it, the counsel of his messengers. The centurion man looked at Jesus and said, hey, I'm a man under authority. I said to this, go, and he goes. I said to this, come, and he comes. He said, you don't have to come to my house. Speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. And Jesus released the word. And the Bible says the self same hour, the servant was healed. Who told you that your life can't turn around from this service? How do you know that your life will not... That you live a Wednesday midweek service that seems insignificant, that seems like, oh, what did we come here to do? And your life takes a whole new turn. A whole new turn. I'm telling you. I remember one day, I woke up in the morning and I was praying. And a sudden migraine, heavy migraine, came on my head. My head was pounding. I said, Lord, what is this? I almost was tempted to go and look for tablet to take because my head was pounding. And then I came into church. And as I stood here, the Lord told me, he says, the reason you have that headache is because there is somebody here that came with migraine. And as I began to pray, I just declared, I said, migraine, get out! 
and a sister called the next day that works for Randwater and said, I've had this migraine for three years in one service, just like that. Three years migraine vanished. Whatever has harassed you in the past years, they will vanish tonight. I said they will vanish tonight. They will vanish tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. I want you to open your mouth and just pray in the Holy Ghost. Oh, you are fasting. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Before I declare words over you, declare what you want from the Lord. What must change tonight? What has to change tonight? What must change tonight? What is it that you don't want anymore in your life that must exit tonight? What is it that must come into your life that you really need to fulfill your destiny? Open your mouth and go before God. Somebody pray. Mande kelebradi alabala katash shada yada dada daba shande kelebregedos ande breketos shade balakatos somebody pray before God let God hear you let him hear you let him hear you let your sound come before his ears Lord this must change tonight this situation in my marriage must change tonight this barrenness in my life must change tonight whatever it is that must change that sickness must change tonight by a prophet the lord brought israel out of egypt by a prophet was he preserved by this prophet standing in front of you you will come out of every egypt tonight you will come out of every egypt tonight every captivity you are coming out tonight in the name of jesus i decree and declare you shall be preserved by the word of the lord from the mouth of this man of god Somebody pray. Pray like you are serious. Lord, this is a change of story. Some of you ladies have been fasting. Some of you men have been fasting. It's almost day 17 or 18. Ask God to change your story. Please just help him or help her. Ask God to change your story. Let him change your situation. Let God turn around that thing. Oh, it's possible tonight. It's possible tonight. I said it's possible tonight. I said it's possible tonight. That by this time tomorrow, your story is completely different from what it is now. Oh yes, yeah, somebody pray. Pray. That business that has been stagnant. That promotion they refuse to give to you. That situation in your marriage. That divorce that is about to happen. That thing that the enemy has withheld. In the name of Jesus, there must be a turnaround tonight. Holy Ghost. Oh yes, 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 yes. Oh yes, yes. Jesus, Jesus. He said he went, as they went preaching the gospel, he confirmed every word with signs following. Tonight God will confirm the word with signs in your life. 
with signs in your destiny, with signs in your business, with signs in your career. God is confirming his word with signs in your life. Somebody go five more minutes, five more minutes, and then we will close the church. Somebody pray tonight. Believe God for a change of story. Believe God for a transformation. Believe God tonight that that thing must change tonight. It shall change tonight. God is a prayer answering God. God is a faithful God. God is a loving Father. The Bible says His mercies endure forevermore. His mercies are new every morning. And great is His faithfulness. His compassion faileth not. Somebody believe God tonight for a change of story. A change of story. A change of story. Tonight, in the name of Jesus, as the Lord God liveth, before whom I stand, that situation is vaporizing now. That ungodly situation, that evil situation is disappearing now from your life in the name of Jesus. And I declare change of story. My God, let it change, let it change. Oh Jesus. Amahaya Nado Hevezola. Le Crodeshebregado Setembredi Yalebados. Oh yes. Anyone that has a verdict of death here, I reverse that verdict. You are not going to die. I reverse that verdict. I reverse that verdict. In the name of Jesus Christ. Ah, just like Elijah, Elisha spoke, and barrenness disappeared from the life of the Shunammite woman. Today, I decree in the name of Jesus, every form of barrenness in your life is over. It's over. It's over. It's over. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, stretch your hands towards this altar. Father, tonight I've ministered your word. And by the word of the prophetic, I declare everything you brought before God tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. Before whom I stand, I declare in the next 30 days. That thing is delivered to your hands. It is delivered to you. It is released now to you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Anyone that is suffering from any kind of barrenness. Physical barrenness. Financial barrenness. Promotional barrenness. Business barrenness. Health barrenness. Today, I reverse that barrenness. I reverse it now. I reverse it now. Be fruitful. Be fruitful. In your body, be fruitful. 
in your finances be fruitful in your job be fruitful in your business be fruitful in the name of Jesus Lord today I curse every sickness whatever is named as sickness and disease in your body I speak to them prophetically that sickness die in the name of Jesus die in the name of Jesus I curse you to your root I curse you to your root I curse you to your root dry up now in the name of Jesus and I declare be healed in your body be healed be free in the name of Jesus Lord I have declared so many words on people and they came to pass tonight is not an exemption and I declare father in the name of Jesus everyone here that has prayed this prayer and everyone watching online and those who will watch this message afterwards if I be a man of God Lord you have anointed me and sent me to them father I am given a 30 days mandate both in the physical and in the realm of the spirit that in the next 30 days there will be so much transformation in the life of your people there will be so much testimonies from tonight people's lives will transform overnight people's life will change overnight people will have saw this speedy miracle overnight in the name of Jesus Christ anyone that is supposed to help you everyone that is supposed to be a tool in the hand of God to help you with provision whatever kind of provision that is needed for you to fulfill your assignment just help her please whatever it is that they need to bring to you tonight I stand as a prophet and in the name of Jesus I declare they are released from where they are and relocate to you I command them now let them live where they are and begin to look for you in the name of Jesus Christ Father tonight you told me go and declare words over my people and I will honor Lord I pray there are circumstances we have not mentioned things that people are going through in their families they need their loved ones saved they need turnaround situation people need houses people need cars people need you know things some material blessings Lord for their life to get better father tonight the Bible says you've given me a commandment to bless and anyone I bless is blessed and it cannot be reversed everything you need every provision in the kingdom of God that you need as a tool to fulfill your destiny tonight as I stretch my hands to heaven I now release them now I release them to you now I release them to you now I release them to you now in the name of Jesus Christ receive it and rejoice somebody put your hands together for the Lord thank you Father thank you Lord thank you Jesus